Are you ready for God's Word? Amen. Second service, you sound amazing. God's Word is worth celebrating and getting excited over. I want to remind you of where we've been. This is the third sermon in a series entitled Abundant Life. God wants you to have an amazing abundant life. Now, I want to share something with you. This sermonette is going to include four points, and it'll be 20 minutes. Yeah, some of you look like you're having trouble with your faith. You're having trouble with your faith. Oh, ye of little faith, I've got this. I've got this. First, the abundant life. Jesus said, I have come that you might have life and that you might live it in the most abundant way possible. God wants you to live life to the fullest. What does it mean to live life to the fullest? That your cup would overflow and that those around you would be blessed because you're overflowing. Because God has given you so much, you share it with others. That's the abundant life that God wants us to have. Now, we've talked about several things, but today I want to talk to you about winning together. Winning together. That's, uh, that's something that Pastor Melissa and I came up with to bless our congregation in that marriage is meant to be a together union, and it's meant to help us win. What do you mean win, Pastor? Well, we're supposed to live this abundant life and live it to the fullest to the point that we're winning, not losing. That somehow we're better off because we're together. I'm reminded of what God said in the Old Testament when he created Adam. He said, it is not good for him to be alone. Now, I find this interesting because if you're reading the creation account, this jumps off the page at you. The reason it jumps off the page is because God created Adam on the last day. And up until that point, God has been creating and creating and creating and creating. And after each thing that he creates, he says, it is good. 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 But when he gets to Adam, he says, it's no good. He said, it's no good that he should be alone. Therefore, I'm going to make a helpmate for him. I'm going to make a companion, someone that completes him, someone that I can take from his side and remind him of how important she is because she came from near his heart and she will always be near his heart, protecting him and standing with him. And together, I'm going to cause them to win. So marriage is about winning. Today, I'm going to cover four points, like I said, and I'm going to use what's up here on this platform to do it. There's some, there's some things that I'm going to highlight. For instance, I'm going to highlight this here, the hoopah. I'm going to highlight the light. And then I'm going to highlight the cake. Are you with me? So let's talk about the hoopah. How many of us know what the hoopah is? What does it represent? What is it all about? Well, in Jewish tradition, the hoopah is meant to signify the covering of Almighty God. Pastor, what do you mean the covering of Almighty God? It means that God covers us, protects us, and that he watches over us. And in fact, I want you to know that that is why we celebrate marriage in the Christian sense that, that it's God's idea because it's him that brought, brought uh, Eve to Adam. It's him that said it is not good. I'm going to make a union. I'm going to create something better and I will watch over them, and I will be their God. And so God wants to bless your marriage. 
But in order for your marriage to be blessed, you have to remain under his. Is it possible for me to leave his covering? Yes, it's possible for me to say, Lord, I'm going to do things my way. I know you said this is off limits, but I'm going to go for it. And in doing so, we leave ourselves uncovered and we leave a direct path for the enemy to attack us and steal from us and worse, destroy. Destroy what God has called blessed. I want you to know that if God calls your marriage blessed, it's blessed. And in fact, he has said, I am for marriage. And if God be for you, no one can be against you. And so the only way the enemy can get you is to have you leave God's covering. I want to remind you that marriage, Christian marriage, was God's idea. Therefore, we let him define it. I know the world is defining it in so many different ways. And the world is saying, well, it can be this, and it can be that, and it can be this, that, and the other. But God said it should be one man with one woman joined under God's covering for a lifetime. For a lifetime. And so if you want to define it as something else, call it something else. But not marriage. Because marriage was instituted by God, and it's meant to bless us. It's meant to bless us when we do it under his covering. I love what the psalmist said in Psalms 91. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God. In him I will trust. He shall cover you with his feathers. And under his wings you shall take refuge. His truth shall be your shield and buckler. What does that mean? It means he'll cover you and protect you. Amen. The next thing I want to highlight is the light. Come on. How many of you know that when you get married or any time in life, you're going to have some dark days. You're going to go through some dark valleys. Not everything's going to be sweet and a bed of roses. Sometimes you're going to have a hard time. But God says, if you trust my light, I will illuminate and how many of us have recognized that in the light, it's so much easier to operate? It's easier to operate. It's easier to get vision. It's easier to get a hope because you can see and you can have direction and you can determine direction. Not only that, it's called wisdom because the more light you have, the more you can be able to determine which way to go and how to go in the most effective way possible. And how many of us know that marriage needs light? Needs light. Not only does it create confidence in that you know where to go, but it also helps you overcome your fears. I love what the psalmist says in Psalms 27 where the Bible says, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Think about it. When the sun is at noon and you can see all around you, there's nothing to fear. The enemy wants to bring darkness into your life, wants to bring darkness into your marriage. But the Bible says, Jesus is our light. He will illuminate, give you confidence and a hope and a future. Amen. And so I want to share a quick story with you that some of you have heard before because I shared it last year. But if you hang in there with me, this is part A. I'll share part B with you at the end of the message. So we went to a, a large um, theme park last year, 
And you know, at a theme park, uh, you always want to get your money's worth, so you stay to the very end, at least we do. And so we were there at the very end, we're the last ones walking to our car, and there was this young man, and he was pushing what I thought was his grandmother, because she was older in age, and, uh, and, and she was talking to him so sweet, like, like a grandmother would talk to a grandson. And so as he's pushing her, I noticed he kind of looked over at me. I was one row over. There were some cars in between us. But the cars were very sparse, so we could see each other very, very good. And as I looked over at him, uh, I said to him, I said, I see you. And he said, I said, no, I see you. I got you, baby. And I started speeding up my walk. And then he started speeding up. And then I said, oh, it's like that, huh? And I started going. And then he started going like that. I said, oh, he's got a little competitive streak in him. I said, come on, it's on. And I took off. I took off like, man, this is when I could run. Just a year ago. Can you imagine that? And I'm sprinting, man. I'm sprinting as fast as I could. And boy, he just took off with Grandma. And that, that, whole, that whole wheelchair was shaking like crazy. I thought, oh my goodness, he's going to tump Grandma and I'm going to win. <laughs> and, and he just says, oh yeah, oh yeah. He kept running, kept running. Finally, Grandma was screaming so loud, I just said, I better stop. I'll tell you part B later. But I want to tell you that God is our covering. God is our light. But he's also our cake. What do you mean by that? What do you mean cake, pastor? Well, I want to remind you of what cake represents. It represents the substance of God, the, the, the filling of God. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. But it's so much more just than bread. It's the goodness of God. It's the sweetness of God. I want you to know that God in marriage doesn't want you to just survive, to just exist. God wants you to thrive. God wants you to what? To be a witness for him that all would see. As David said, come and taste and see that the Lord is good. God wants your marriage to be on display, on holy display, that everyone would say, man, y'all make marriage look so good, and say, it is because God is good, amen? And so I want to remind you of something else. The Bible tells us that when David brought the Ark of the Covenant back into Jerusalem, it had been away for a while, and the Lord was blessing the home in which it was in. He was blessing it so much that the king said, it's not right for the blessing to be out there and not in the capital flowing down to the rest of the nation. So he brings it in very carefully, but something that characterized that, that, that ceremony was his dancing. Why? Why did David dance? Because he wants you to know that God's goodness is worth dancing about. It's worth celebrating. It's worth showing on your face and on your body. And when you live in a good marriage, statistics show that if you have a good, strong marriage, you have the goodness of the land. How so? You live longer. You live healthier. You're stronger. Everything flourishes. Your children flourish. Their grandchildren flourish. It impacts every part of your kingdom, so to speak. But you know what else David did? He gave away a cake to everyone in Jerusalem. Why? Because cake represents the wonderful provision 
of God. That he wants to bless you in such a sweet, sweet way. Come on, can you hear what I'm saying to you here today? Not only does he want to bless you, he wants to assure you that he'll never leave you. I can see why David wrote these words. The Lord is my shepherd and I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures when it's time to lie down. He brings me by still waters when it's time to drink. Notice God's full range of protection and provision. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. The, what else does it say? Come on, stay with me on this. Yo, uh, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, and my cup overflows. What God wants for your marriage, he wants you to know, even in the darkest valley, he will be your light. He will guide you with his staff and his rod, depending which one you need at the time, but you can trust him, and he wants you to know his goodness is sweet, and it will cover every aspect of your life, even in the midst of a war. He's saying, even in the midst of a war, God, you are so good. You calm my spirit. You calm my soul. You set me up a banquet table. You sit me down. And as the enemy prowls back and forth, you say he can't touch you. Go ahead and eat, son. Think about this. In this crazy world, God is saying, while the enemy goes back and forth, wanting to get at you. You stay under my covering. I'm going to set up a table, and he can just sit there. The enemy can just sit there and wish he could get you, but he can't because you're mine. That's what David is saying. David is saying in the middle of the battlefield, I got a banquet, and I'm just sitting here cool as a cucumber eating. Think about it, the goodness of God. Amen. And then lastly, the Word of God. The Word of God. I said in first service, I said, how many of you can tell me what I'm going to say is the fourth one? It's up here, and no one got it. So I just said, well, let me just tell you what it is. The Word of God. The Word of God is our foundation. But can I tell you, much is said about marriage in the Word of God. But the problem is people want it to be explicit. I don't mean explicit like in, in a sexual sense. No, I mean you want God to say, husbands, do A first, then B, then C, then D. No, God gives his, his advice over stories, over the life of Abraham, over the life of Isaac, over the life of Jacob, over the life of all the patriarchs. He gives you different principles through the Proverbs. He gives you different principles through the Psalms. And you have to search it out. That's why the Bible says, if you search, you will. If you knock, it will be opened. Some of us have only knocked like this. No, you gotta, you gotta ask. And it's gonna take a little work. Did you know it takes work to have your marriage succeed? If you want your marriage to succeed, you're going to have to get in there and do a little heavy lifting. You're going to have to search it out. You're going to have to read. Come on, how many of you know that if you wanted to be a doctor, you would have to what? Study. How long? 
There's four doctors in my family on my mother's side, and they had to go four years undergrad, four years medical school, plus the residency. So how much is that? That's up to 12 years, depending on your specialty. Up to 12 years. Come on, if you want to be an engineer, how long is that? It's at least six, eight years. How long is it to be an architect or a plumber or, an ele- or a master electrician? How long? Can I get that overnight? No, you're going to have to work. You're going to have to pass some tests. You're going to have to study. You're going to have to show yourself approved. You're going to have to qualify. You're going to have to do these things. And if those things take that much, how much more should we work on our marriage? The truth of the matter is your marriage is more important than your career. Because without a good marriage, you won't have a good career. That's the truth. And so some of us are going to have to get in there and really work and read some other books. How many books would you read if you went to get a degree in a certain discipline? You would read many. You might have to read many books of this Bible. You might have to really search it out. Amen. Because at the end of the day, this thing that he calls us to do is leave and cleave. And this is where I'll finish. Leave and cleave. The Bible says this. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and his mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This is a great mystery, but I'm speaking concerning Christ and his what? Church. We represent Christ in the earth. Nevertheless, let each one of you in particular in, uh, in particular, so love his own wife as himself, and let the wife see that she respects her husband. And so he talks about love and respect, but this is what I want you to understand. I didn't always understand this and know this, but as I've studied the Jewish tradition, I realized that the hoopah is about leaving and cleaving. How is it about leaving and cleaving? The hoopah comes from the tradition of a man's prayer shawl. And the man would put this over him as he prayed, remembering what? Remembering that he is under God's covering and protection. But not only protection, God's authority. And if God is your authority, that means you're not in charge. And if you're not in charge, that means you're responsible. Responsible to who? You're responsible for your wife, you're responsible for your children, but you're responsible for the way you live. And so this was meant to remind them, and this is the way it went. In the early, in the early ancient days, they would take the prayer shawl, put it over their shoulder, and then make room for one more person. Who is that person? Your spouse. And notice, this isn't very big, how many people can fit under the hoopah? It's just you your spouse, and Almighty God. That means leave. You got to leave mama, boys. You got to leave daddy, girls. And you got to join to your, and start something new. Uh Uh-oh. You start something new. And over time, the, the groomsmen would begin to hold the hoopah over the couple. And then they thought, well, let's just put it on poles and do it this way. But this is where it came from. Let me tell you how beautiful marriage is when you leave and cleave and you have that special someone to help you. So a year later, I'm at the same amusement park, 
and I've been going, and you walk about 10 miles a day, and in those 10 miles a day on a bad knee and a torn meniscus and all these problems that I'm having with this knee, it really, uh, it really made it quite challenging. So on one particular day, I knew I, I couldn't handle it anymore. The pain was so bad, I could barely walk. I couldn't imagine walking 10 miles. I said I could make, maybe do more damage. So I stopped by this little kiosk while they were busy, and I rented myself a wheelchair. I did it. I said, I'm going for it. I sat down on that little wheelchair and I started pushing myself. I said, you know what? This feels pretty good. And I was like spinning. And I said, I got this. And as I went over towards them, my wife said, oh, baby, I didn't know you were hurting that. But I said, what do you mean? I've been like, can't sleep at night. All these things are happening. She says, let me see how this works. And she starts pushing me. And she says, I'll push you on one condition. You got to trust me. Guys, you know how hard it is to sit in the passenger seat and let your wife drive? That is so hard, isn't it? And I said, oh, no. She said, I don't want you to complain about my driving. You just sit back and let me push you. I said, well, well give it a try. And she starts going. I said, you're doing pretty good. I said, I'll trust you. And I said, but, but I'm too heavy for you. And she looked at me and she goes, baby, you're light as a feather. I don't know. There's something. In, there's something you know, special about these wheelchairs they rent here, but I don't feel you at all. I said, are you sure? And she kept pushing me. She said, I don't feel you at all. She says, look. I said, okay, go for it. So the day went on. I said, baby, are you okay? Oh, you're light as a feather. Oh, you're light as a feather. Come to find out, they called me that my phone had been found. See, somehow my phone jumped out of one of the rides I was on and tumbled all the way down, and I put in a lost and found report, and they found it, but it was two parks over. They said, you can take the gondolas, they'll, do, they'll take you over there, and they'll bring you back to this park. You don't even have to go out to your car. I said, great. We went on the gondola. When we arrived, after 30 minutes, they said, you may not get back because that storm is coming. So we got the phone, we went back, the gondola was closed. Now what? Well, you can walk down that path. It's a short three miles. I said, baby, are you okay? She says, you're light as a feather. Then lo and behold, the rain's coming, and it's blowing like a hurricane. Might have been a hurricane. I don't remember. And it's coming like crazy. I said, baby, you got to get a move on. And so she starts going, and I keep looking back. Baby, are you okay? Oh, you're light as a feather. And so I said, well, baby, then push it. Go fast. Go as fast as you can. She's going as fast as she can. We're on a downhill and we're running. I mean, she's just running as fast as she can, holding on. And all of a sudden, the wheelchair starts shaking and it reminds me of grandma. <laughs> and I start screaming, ah! But I realized something. That I wasn't screaming because I was scared. I was screaming because I was having the time of my life. And then I thought, you know what? I thought grandma was scared. She was probably having the time of her life with her grandson, because if I know something about grandparents, they love their grandchildren. And she's probably thinking, this is the best time ever. My grandson is competing with all his heart, and I get to join him in it because this crazy Mexican man challenged us, and we're not losing to him. Oh, yeah. And you know what? I'm telling you from the outside looking in, sometimes you might think marriage is scary. 
because you see couples going, ah! But what if they're just celebrating the goodness of God? Sometimes you got to get in their seat and just go breakneck speed down the hill and see how much God loves you. So, I'm going to ask them to clear the platform and we're going to get ready. I'm going to keep my Bible. Thank you, Christian. And we're going to celebrate the goodness of God together. Amen. Let me explain to you what you're going to see in a minute. The music's going to start, and you're going to see four grooms. Four grooms, men, uh, or four grooms standing right here on these, uh, on these spots. And then you're going to see one by one them receive their bride. They're going to take their place up here, and then we're going to go through the vows and the, and the, and the rings. And you're also going to see couples that have never been married before or they were married, but they were married at the JP. They were married in a, in a non-Christian wedding. And so what you're seeing here is them saying, no, Lord, we realize that it's your covering that matters. And we are so excited. We're so excited to live life with our Lord. Amen. Brides are about to come in, so we want everyone to be very still. Congregation, would you please rise? my life you have been so 
Amen. 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 All my life you have been God has been faithful, hasn't he? God is so good. And this is a celebration of his goodness as he brings these couples together. On behalf of the brides and the grooms, I want to thank you for being here. And I want to welcome you to this beautiful, amazing celebration, friends and family. Yes, let's celebrate them. By the way, gentlemen, you look, you look handsome and amazing. Ladies, you look gorgeous. Just beautiful. Uh, before we go any further, remember marriage is all about the Lord hovering over, and he's here. The Bible says where two or three gather, he is in their presence. So before we go any further, let's thank him for being here. Let's welcome him and ask for his blessing. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for this beautiful day. I thank you for each and every couple. I thank you for your goodness, Lord, and I just pray that you would hover close to them. God, envelop them with your goodness and your love. Watch over them. Protect them, God. Provide for them. Do what only you can do as you anoint them for your goodness in the earth. Lord, I know you have a good plan because your word declares it to us. For the plans you have for us are not plans to harm us, but plans to prosper us, to give us a hope and a future. And that's what we ask, Lord, in your holy son's name, Jesus Christ. Amen. Would you all be seated? So guys... In just a minute, you're going to each exchange your vows. I'm going to start with the man first because the man represents Jesus Christ in the relationship. And so, gentlemen, this means that you represent Christ even as the Bible says, we love him because he first loved us. It also means you get to say, I'm sorry first. <laughs> but you might already know that. The vows also signify, an, it, it, it signify the love that is present. Notice, we don't say vows to fall in love. We say vows because we are in love. And so the vows of commitment are a natural outpouring of love. Guys, are you ready? I'm going to put my glasses on. Don't want to make any mistakes here. Cruz, would you repeat after me? Damaris? Damaris? You've given me your life and your love. You've given me your life and your love. And so I promise. And so I promise. As your faithful husband. As your faithful husband. In the presence of God. In the presence of God. To continue, to continue to live together with you, to live together with you in, this holy union in this holy union of marriage, of marriage to, love you, to love you, to cherish you, to, cherish you, to, build, you, up, to build you up, to comfort, to comfort honor, and keep you, honor and keep you in plenty and in want, in, plenty and in, want in joy and in sorrow, in, joy and in, sorrow in sickness and in health. In sickness and in health and to give myself, and to give myself only, to you, only to you, so long as we both shall live. So long as we both shall live. Amen.
Damaris, would you repeat after me? Cruz. Cruz. You've given me your life and love. You've given me your life and love. And so I promise. And so I promise. As your faithful wife. As your faithful wife. In the presence of God. In the presence of God. To continue to live together. To continue to live together. With you in holy in this holy union. With you in this holy union. Of marriage. Of marriage. To love you. To love you. Cherish you. Build you up. Build you up. Comfort. Comfort. Honor and keep you. Honor and keep you. In plenty and in want. In plenty and in want. In joy and in sorrow. In joy and in sorrow. In sickness and in health. In sickness and in health. And give myself only unto you. And give myself only unto you. So long as we both shall live. So long as we both shall live. Amen. Yes. <laughs> Gary, Crystal, how are you feeling? Good. Good, yes. Good. Well, Gary, you go first, representing Christ in the marriage. I'm going to ask you to repeat after me. I Gary, I, Gary, take thee, Crystal, take thee, Crystal to, be my wife, to be my wife, to have and to hold, to have and to hold from, this day forward, from this day forward, for better or for worse, for, better or for, worse, for richer or for poorer, for richer or for poorer in, sickness and in, health, in sickness and in health, and to love and to, love, and to cherish, cherish till death, death do us part, according to God's holy ordinance. Amen. Amen. Crystal, would you repeat after me? I, Crystal, I, Crystal take thee, Gary, take thee, Gary to, be my husband, to be my husband, to have and to hold, to have and to hold from this day forward, for better or for worse, for richer or for poorer, in sickness and in health, to love and to cherish, and to obey, to obey till death do us part, according to God's holy ordinance. Amen. Well done. <laughs> Cedric, Terica, how are you feeling? <laughs> Nervous, I'm sure. Cedric, representing Jesus Christ, you go first. So as you hold your bride's hands and look into her eyes, repeat after me. I, Cedric, take thee, Terica, I, Cedric, take thee Terica to, be my wife, to be my wife, to have and to hold, to have and to hold from, this day forward, from this day forward, for better or for worse, for, better or for, worse, for richer or for poorer, richer or for poorer, in sickness and in health. To love and to cherish, till death do us part, according to God's holy ordinance. Amen. Terika, as you share these with Cedric, would you repeat after me? I, Terika, take thee, Cedric, to be my husband, 
to have and to hold from this day forward. For better or for worse, for richer or for poorer, in sickness and in health, to love and to cherish and to obey till death do his part according to God's holy ordinance. Amen. Wonderful. Michael, Lucy, again, Michael representing Jesus Christ. You go first as you hold your wife's hands and look into her eyes. Would you repeat after me? I, Michael. I, Michael. Take thee, Lucy. Take thee, Lucy. To be my wife. To be my wife. To have and to hold. To have and to hold. From this day forward. From this day forward. For better or for worse. For better or for worse. For richer or for poorer. For richer or for poorer. In sickness and in health. To love and to cherish, to love and to cherish. Till, death do us part. till death do us part, according to God's holy ordinance. According to God's holy ordinance. Amen. Amen. Lucy, doing the same, take Michael's hands and repeat after me. I, Lucy, I, Lucy. Take, thee, Michael, take thee, Michael, to be my husband, to, be my husband. to have and to hold, to have and to hold. from this day forward. For better, for worse. For better or for worse. For richer or for poor. For richer or for poor. In sickness and in health. In sickness and in health. To love. To love. And to cherish. And to, cherish. And to obey. And to obey. Till death do his part. Till death do his part. According to God's holy ordinance. According to God's holy ordinance. Amen. Amen. So before we go into the ring vows, I want to remind you that the ring has always been a symbol of Christian love, particularly as it pertains to marriage. I want to, I want to point your attention to a couple of things. First, the ring is circular, signifying that it has no end. It goes in a round, circular manner infinitely, indicating that Christ's his love for us is infinite. And if we want to love each other with that special quality, we have to remain under Christ's covering and under his influence. It also is made out of something durable because our marriage is meant to last. It's made out of something precious and beautiful because marriage is precious and beautiful. And, and last but not least, it's made to be worn openly for all to see that you are spoken for and that you belong to that special loved one in whose hands you now hold. Amen? Amen. And so as you repeat after me, remind each other of your love. Gentlemen, would you get the rings? Take her ring and place it on her left hand. And as you place it on her hand, and look into her eyes, would you repeat these words? With this ring, I thee wed. And with all my worldly goods, I thee endow. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Ladies, 
would you do the same? As you take your gentleman's ring, place it on his left hand, and share these words with him. With this ring, I thee wed, and with all my worldly goods, I thee endow. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So before I have you kiss your bride, I want to remind you of, of God's word. Because in the back, you have, you have a couple of things we're giving you. One, we're giving you his word, and we're giving you a little cake to remind you of this special day and how good God wants to bless you. But his word is engraved with your names as an heirloom heritage Bible for you to keep and pass on to future generations. After all, it's something that your whole family will build on. Amen? So let's pray. As I pray a blessing over you, then I'll ask you to kiss your bride. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for this beautiful day. I lay hands on these wonderful, amazing couples. I ask you, God, to be zealous for them, Lord to hover low in their homes. God, to make yourself at home, Lord, to bring your blessing and your anointing like only you can. Give them what no amount of money can buy, what no one can give only you by your spirit bring. Father, I pray that you give them peace and joy, that you knit them together, that you hold them strong and remind them of your hope. And remind them, God, as you increase their faith, that they can trust you in the highs and the lows. And Lord, it is our privilege to pray this blessing over them, God. Believing for them, not just today, but every day. In Jesus' name, let it be done. Amen. Amen. Gentlemen, you may kiss your bride. As you stand, let me present to you each one, Mr. and Mrs. Cruz and Damara, Damaris, excuse me, Garcia. <laughs> Mr. and Mrs. Gary and Crystal Smith. Mr. and Mrs. Cedric and Terrica Williams. Mr. and Mrs. Michael and Lucy Gracia. Oh, boy.